Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hillsong, Kansas City, what an honor it is to preach to you today. I'm here with my better half, amazing preacher, amazing leader here in the church with me. Liz, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, babe, and so excited to be with everyone this morning. We hope that you're having an incredible Sunday. We miss you so much, church. We can't wait to be back all together, and we love you, and we are praying for you. And today, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a great Sunday. Yes, it is. Hey, this verse jumped into my heart this week, and I want to start off the message with this. Lamentations chapter 3, talking about how good God is every single day. It says, great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin fresh each morning. The faithful love of the Lord never ends and his mercies never cease. God is so faithful, not just on some days when you need him, but every single day of your life. He's got fresh mercy for you every single morning. That means every single day you can change. Every single day, you're covered by your faithful God. Every single day, if you need God to show up, he's already there. And I don't know about you, but in this season, we need God to show up and to change us and to grow us and to grace us. And we need that mercy every single day so that we can change. And if you're in need of change, guess what? God's already showed up this morning to help you grow. He has mercy for you so you can get a renewal. You can get a restart in your life. In fact, we want to speak for just a few minutes today on the rules of reset how to engage that grace of God every single day. Before we get any further, let's pray. Join me in prayer. Come on, really be believing God has a word for you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you're such a faithful God. We thank you that the world around us might be changing, but you never change. You're good yesterday, today, and forevermore. We thank you that your mercy is meeting us right here, right now, and we are believing that there's a reset in our life, a reset in our spirit, a reset in our marriages, in our families, maybe even in our finances, a reset for our future, that we're going to experience the goodness of God today. Your mercy is going to show us and it's going to change us in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, this week we were at the pool as a family and we had been there for a few hours and the kids were a little sunburned and they were tired. And so they came up to me and they were like, hey, mom, can we have your phone? You know, kids always want your phone. And every mom said amen to that. And so I gave in and I went ahead and I gave them my phone. And so they're over there playing the little game that they love to play. And but I had a few texts and some people that I needed to get back to. So I'm like, kids, I'm going to need my phone back. So they were reluctantly came and brought me back my phone. And when they did, my phone was not working. It was like the screen had totally gone out. And I was like, what was I thinking? Kids plus water plus a phone. I mean, that just spells disaster. So I kind of freaked out there for a moment. And then Mr. Fix-It, my amazing husband was like, hey, babe, Hey, don't freak out. I'm just going to go ahead and take it inside just for a moment. I'm going to turn it off and I'll just see if I can reset it. And maybe the screen isn't actually broken. Maybe it just needs to be reset. So he went ahead and took it inside. And then he came down 30 minutes later. And guess what? He had fixed my phone. The reset worked. I didn't have to buy a new phone this week. And I was super grateful for that. 
But I learned something that in troubleshooting a tech problem this week, the first thing not to do is to freak out. And then you just need to, don't freak out, just turn it off, pretty simple, turn it back on, let the system breathe just a little bit, it clears the cache, and it wipes away everything that could be slowing it down. And you know what, church? I believe that today is a reset kind of day for every single one of us, for us to stop for a moment and to look and ask ourselves, how am I running? What am I thinking? What is weighing on me and maybe slowing me down? Where do I need to push the reset button? You know, I believe that in this season and even through this message, I believe that this reset that we all need, it's not just for just to feel better about ourselves, but I believe that it is a reset for revival, a reset for revival. And we already know this. We've talked a lot about this this last year that we know that revival, it starts with me. Revival starts with me. I don't need to go and just try to change everybody else, but I actually need to look within and say, God, what do you want to do, heart and soul in me? So we have to assess where are we at? And then we have to learn to take responsibility. And so I want to ask you today, How is the operating system of your soul? Is it bogged down? Is it overrun? Is the screen out like my phone was this week? Is the operating system of your soul moving a little bit slow? I love what it says in Romans 12, 1. It's a verse that I personally go back to over and over and over. And it says this. It says, strip off every weight that slows you down. Yeah, I do believe it is a reset kind of day for every single one of us, that the mercy of God is here to change you. You know, there's really two types of reset. There's a soft reset, which is like what I did with Liz's phone. It's just a quick fix. It just takes a few moments. It's just getting out uh, of something that had seized you and stopped you. And there's those seasons where we just need a little bit of change, a little bit of grace to get out of maybe the grind we've been going through or the lethargy that we feel in our heart. But sometimes if we keep coming back to that kind of season, we need a stronger reset. We need what's called a hard reset. And this takes a little longer. You might have to delete some things out of your system. There might be some relationships that need to get reestablished. There might need some apps that got to go. There might be some programs or even viruses that need to be removed. And maybe just maybe you have to reset the whole thing back to factory settings, back to the original intention of the designer. Depending on what you're going through, you have to decide what kind of reset is necessary for my heart and my soul today. And if you never make changes, you will always find yourself bogged down and with permanent impairment. So how do we do it? You know, the Bible says that the status of our heart determines the steps of our life. Wow. The status of my heart determines the steps of my life. So priority number one is to cultivate a right heart or a right spirit. 
So we all have to learn how to reset our spirits. You've got to learn to reset your spirit. You have to learn how to stoke the fire on the inside of you. You have to learn to see some of those hazard lights going off in your soul that may be bitterness or, or worry or fear or anxiety or doubt is starting to set in. And then you have to take it another level deeper and say, I'm not going to allow that to set in. No, I'm going to choose to reset my spirit. See, there's so many things that are outside of our control. And man, we have all learned that in 2020. So many things that none of us, we've talked about it so much, but I think we can still talk about it because we're still living in the reality of it. There were so many things that we didn't see coming that are outside of our control. But you know what? There is good news for every single one of us today because our spirit is not outside of our control. Our spirit is actually our responsibility. It is within our control. See, we don't always get to decide the landscape of our lives, but we can decide, church, if we will look up, if we will level up within the landscape that we find ourselves in. See, we can control who we are becoming. We can control how we are responding. We can control not only what we say or how we act, but the tone of our heart and the tone of our life. We get to choose every single day, whether it would be in parenting or in marriage or in your workplace. Am I going to be a victim or will I choose to believe the word of God? Even like we learned last week that the word of God says, no, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm not going to be a victim anymore, but I'm going to choose to live victorious. It doesn't always feel like a decision. I know that, but guess what? It is. And I love how David shares his heart and his soul in Psalms 51, and it's actually in one of the lowest points of his life. And he said this, he said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew in me a steadfast spirit. Do not cast away your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore, or you could even say, reset in me the joy of my salvation. It says in Psalms 42 through 3, it says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He reset my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. There's somebody here today that you've been feeling a little bit unsure. You felt, you felt like your feet are not on solid ground. And I want to encourage you today that God is resetting you. He is resetting your feet on solid ground and he is steadying you as you can continue to walk along the path that he has you on. It goes on to say that he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Man, that is so beautiful. You do not have to settle 
for slow, sluggish, or a worn out spirit. Because just from what we read, God today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, know that fresh mercy that we read about in Lamentations. God is offering you today a renewed revelation of the benefits of your salvation. That's brilliant. You know, on your lowest of lows, God's mercy is already there for your reset. But the reality is this, if you never reset your pattern, you will always keep having the same problem. You've got to actually learn to reset your rhythms. How do you live your daily life? How do you live your spiritual life? How do you walk out your relationship with God every single day? Because I always love to know that God is there on my worst day. But God is actually there every single day to make sure that it is a God day so that he can grow me and change me. Just like you said from Psalms that he puts my life on display. He takes me out of the miry clay. He puts me back, resets me on the solid rock and leads me forward so that other people can see the mercy and the goodness of our God. But we have to learn to walk in pattern with him. We've got to learn to reset our rhythm. We have to learn to steady our steps. And that's a decision we also make, to learn how to walk with him, to work with him, and to become more like him. You know, growing up, uh, we had the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original NES. And there's a couple games that I, I love more than others. I'm, I'm really good at a game called Double Dribble, and I'm really, really good at a game called Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And it was my goal as a little four or five-year-old that I would beat Mike Tyson's punch out without getting hit one time. But the, the reality of that is it's a really difficult game. But every time I got hit, I just hit the reset button and I would start brand new. And it was actually two buttons you could hit on the Nintendo back then. It was reset and power. Now, some people, when you come up against a problem, when life disappoints, you tend just to hit the power button as if I'm not going to play anymore. Uh, I've had my feelings hurt. God didn't show up in that situation. Life isn't working the way that I thought, so I'm just done. I'm done believing. I'm done serving. I'm done giving. I'm offended. I'm frustrated at God. How come my life is so hard? And if that's been you, and if you've decided, like, I'm not going to play this anymore, I want to encourage you to get back in, to, to, to hit reset instead and get a fresh start. We see the disciples needed a reset as well. Remember, these are the guys that walked with Jesus every single day for three years. They saw all the miracles, heard all the messages, were close to him personally. And yet when things got difficult, some of them wanted to hit the power button and check out. They didn't want to play anymore. They, wanted, wanted, they didn't want to walk in their destiny anymore. It was too difficult because they just seen Jesus go to the cross. If you remember Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls them to quit being fishers and be fishers of men. Quit doing a natural thing, come and do a spiritual thing. And then after Jesus' death, you know, many of them go back to their old. They step away from their calling and go back to their comfort. And in John 21, Jesus, now resurrected, meets up with them again. And wanting to return them to their real calling. Wanting to restore them, to reset them back on the course that he designed for them. And, and Peter tells them, this is John 21, says, Peter says, hey, I'm going back to fishing. And some of them said, hey, we'll go with you. So they went out and they fished through the night, but they caught nothing. 
Then at dawn, it says that Jesus shows up and he's standing on the shore, but the disciples didn't realize or recognize that that was Jesus. They thought Jesus was long gone. And Jesus called out to them and says, hey, did you catch any fish? How you know, Jesus got a little salty there and poured a little bit of lemon juice on their fresh wound. They had caught not a thing, they replied. But Jesus shouted out to them, hey, go ahead and try again. Go ahead and reset. Throw your net on the right side and you will catch some. And they did as he said, and they caught so many fish, they couldn't even pull in the net. Here we have these experts at fishing and all of their training and all of their toiling through the whole night didn't produce like it used to. They were out of the grace zone that God had called them into. But because they were so frustrated that they saw their Messiah die, they gave up on their calling and went back to their comfort. But it says that Jesus came to them. And if you've given up, if you've hit the power button and checked out, if you quit playing along, if you quit serving or quit leaning into God because of a season of frustration or unfulfilled expectation, I want to tell you by the grace of God, Jesus still comes to you. Jesus still shows up on the shore. And then he's going to speak to you if you listen. He's going to tell you, hey, I want you to do it again, but I want you to do it my way. I've got a way that works. I've got a rhythm for your life. I want to establish your steps. Cast it on the other side. He will give you specific instructions, even to your same old routine. I love this thought that sometimes the smallest changes, like the changes might seem so minor, but the results can still be miraculous. And some of you are just a small rhythm alignment, a reset alignment away, a small decision away from a miraculous result. Small changes walking in rhythm with God's plan can produce significant growth and renewal in your life. What's the other side that Jesus is calling to you? Maybe you've been intimidated to live bigger for him. I'm believing that God's going to show you how to get to the other side, that you're going to reset and get some God confidence in your life and in your faith. Maybe you've been anxious. I mean, anxiety is easy to allow into your life in this season. But God wants to show you how to reset yourself, reset your inside world, get in rhythm with him so you can discover his lasting peace. Maybe you've been selfish where there's been so much scarcity mindset and conversations going on in our world. God wants you to reset into sacrifice. Maybe you've been controlling because your world seems like it's out of control. God wants to reset you back to surrender. Don't unplug. Don't push that power button. Hit the reset button. Find the rhythm of grace for your life. And in that reset moment, just like the disciples had with Jesus, they then left forever their old way of fishing and crossed over forever into their calling. You're a small decision away from crossing over into the calling that God has for you. We need to learn how to find the rhythm that God has. Many of us, when we give our lives to Jesus, we're passionate. We've had a fresh revelation of his grace and his goodness. And yet over time, we can grow stagnant. It happens to all of us. And Jesus writes to a church in the book of Revelation, chapter 2. He says, look how far you have fallen. In other words, remember where you used to be. And he says, if you turn back to me and do the works you did at first, then you'd find that freshness again. Then you find that fulfillment again. Many of you, the rhythm that you need to align yourself with is just a reset to go back to the faith you used to have. 
We used to love to dig into the Word of God. When you wouldn't miss a Sunday uh, for any reason at all, where, where your faith was so fresh and so new. The message paraphrase says, turn back and you'll recover that dear early love. I love that about God's goodness, by God's grace, His mercy that's there every day. If you just turn to Him, you'll find that rhythm for your life again. You don't need to make, most of us don't need to make huge course corrections. I mean, if you're driving, you make huge swerving changes, you're a danger to yourself and to others as well. But you don't need to swerve to the right or left. It's just small adjustments along the way to find the rhythm that leads you to destiny, that leads you to what God has in store for you. My challenge for you is this. It's from Revelation chapter 21. God, of course, is speaking to the apostle Jesus, speaking to the apostle John. And he says, hey, I'm the one who's seated on the throne. Behold, I am making all things new. But he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I think every one of us have a place in our life. The Holy Spirit's going to show you, maybe even right now, maybe even already has, where you need to record the right rhythm. What do I need to get back to? You need to write down your reset. What am I need to, what do I need to get back into my life? What do I need to add more of God? Where do I need to make some inside changes? And if you'll make a plan for your progress, you'll find God's mercy will meet you in that place. You'll find the rhythm from heaven for your life, living kingdom first, and you'll see the very best of God show up in your daily world. Wow, that's so good. Man, a reset in our rhythms. I love that so much about not swerving because it's so easy to do that, to overreact and course correct too much. And then all of a sudden you find yourself totally on the side of the road. And um, I think that's a word for somebody today that, you know what, it's just little whispers from God that in your rhythms and in your routines, that God is so kind, isn't he? His grace is enough for us. His grace is something that, guess what? It shows up in your weakness. We cannot overestimate how powerful the grace of God is in our life, especially when it's about resetting our life and resetting our rhythms and resetting our course. But when we're talking about resetting, there are some resets that are a bit more painful than others. Have you ever broken a bone? Well, if you've ever broken a bone, you know that when you have to get that bone reset, it is very, very painful, but it's actually, it's necessary that that bone, it needs to be put back into place. And then it's actually going to have some confinement through a cast. And then it's going to have a few weeks or a few months of restriction. But that restriction actually helps restore full motion and full mobility. You know what? I believe today, and I believe that the heart of God for you, that God is wanting to restore your relational mobility in ways that you never even dreamed possible. And some of you, you need a breakup before you experience your breakthrough. You need, we need a reset in our relationships that we have to learn how to strengthen our circle, to strengthen our, cir our circle before we're walking in some huge relational struggle. See, relationships, marriages, any form of relationships, relationships have power. 
And I believe that God has specific alignments for the assignments that he has for your life. And so I want to ask you today, ask all of us, where do you need a reset in your relationships? Where do you need to strengthen your circle? So, you know, those that are very successful in a different, in different arenas of life, they have learned this, that they have learned how to des- design their relationship or relational circles with great intention. See, and when you do this, when you don't just wait to see whatever comes, but when you begin to design those and strengthen those relationship circles in your life, when you do this, you begin to be surrounded by people that begin to push you further into your purpose. Is there anybody today that you want to be pushed into your purpose? Is there anybody today that you'd say, man, I'm believing God for bigger things. I'm believing God for new doors to open. I'm believing God that even in the ruins of this year, I'm believing God that there's still revival for me to walk in, revival for you to walk in, revival for all of us together to walk in. You know, in life, when we're just talking about relationships, there's all kinds of relationships in life, aren't there? I mean, there's coaches, there's companions, there's counselors, there's confidants, you have coworkers. And you know, when we're really talking about having a reset in our relationships, it's very important that we understand that not one person will meet all of our relational needs needs. And that's why it's so important that we learn to assess our circle and that then we would begin to design our relationship circles on purpose. I wonder the relationship, the counselors, the comrades, the the companions, the co-workers that God's wanting to add to your life, that it's not relationships of your yesterday, but they're actually new, fresh, faith-filled, again, that they are alignments for your assignments so that you can begin to get forward motion and mobility back in an area of your heart and your soul that you feel like you have struggled in in your past. I love so much Proverbs eleven fourteen. It is a verse that when we put it into action and operation in our life, that we don't just hear it, but we begin to do it. It begins to transform the landscape of our worlds. And it says this, where no counsel is, the people fall. So if you think you know it all, if no one can ever give you input or advice or correction, guess what's ahead of you? A fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. That is why it's so important that we learn to strengthen our circle. Because you can get bad counsel and you can get good counsel. And you know what? The Spirit of God, through His Word, through prayer, but also through His people, God wants you to begin to add some good counsel in your life. And when you do that, you begin to avoid the fall. You begin to avoid traps. You begin to avoid things that you used to would fall into, and you begin to find safety. So if you don't like where you're at, I just want to give you something really practical. Look around. Look around. 
People can bring big promotion into your life or people can bring big problems into your life. And as a church community and as people of faith, I believe that as we're strengthening our circles, they're actually becoming safe circles. And oftentimes when we're talking about that in a counseling model or, or reorienting parts of our life and our relationships of childhood trauma or drama, we can confuse safety and comfort. And I just want to say this real quick, that safety and comfort, they're not the same thing. Comfort so often is driven by codependent tendencies. And codependency is just this. When we get our worth or our sense of self from the outside in. But I believe today, even right now, that you're going to begin in a fresh new way, that you're going to begin to gain your identity, that you're going to begin to gain your strength, not from the outside in, but from the inside out, that you're going to begin to gain strength from the Spirit of God, that you're going to begin to not just know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God set you on purpose, with the purpose, that you didn't need to be from a different family that you're from, that God knew you by name, He set you in place, He already set your destiny in motion. And guess what? When you begin to believe that, you begin to draw a confidence and a security from the inside out. So see, safety and comfort, they're not the same thing. And safe relationships, they actually can feel uncomfortable at first because they challenge us to grow and to become everything that we were designed to be. And so when your control mechanisms kick in, you actually want to withdraw and go back to comfort because you can't control those kind of relationships. But I want to encourage you, if maybe control has held you back from leveling up, from assessing your circle, from strengthening your circle, I believe today that you are going to begin to feel the Spirit of God inside of you, that you don't have to control the relationships anymore, but you can actually open up and embrace vulnerability and let people in, safe people in, in a brand new way. And this is going to help you level up in life. You know, that's what we've been talking about. Daily devotionals about looking up so that we can level up. How do we have victory every single day of our lives? And our final thought here today is that at the very end of this all, as you're, as you're letting God change you and you're choosing to take ownership of where you need to change. You're finding that grace, that mercy. You're, you're getting in rhythm with the Holy Spirit. You're going back to your first love. You're making an honest look and an honest assessment at your relationship circle. Maybe who needs to go and maybe who doesn't need to have access. Maybe I need to be open or vulnerable again. But at the end of the day, you need to raise your expectation. You need to reset your expectation. Many of us through the Places where we've maybe been beaten down in life or discouraged in life have us looking down at just the status quo and just what, what, what we've experienced up to this point. We've allowed our past history of mistakes. We carried them into our right now. And therefore, we don't think we have much in our future. But the God of all grace and mercy shows up every morning and says, no, I've got a divine reset for you. And you can reset your expectations on heaven. All that I have for you. Everything that I've prepared for your future, your calling is not gone. Your, 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 your place of blessing isn't diminished. Even with your mistakes, his mercy meets us in this moment. Jesus says, have what your faith expects. 
Therefore, I think you need to set your eyes on having a big God dream and a big expectation. I think when we get stuck in life and maybe you feel stuck at home or maybe your financial situation through COVID has been difficult. But when we feel stuck, we tend to succumb to the situation and the status quo around us. But when we get a fresh God perspective, we realize that he's called us to be more than conquerors in this life. Not just one day in eternity, but right here and now. And we can start to look up again and we can start to level up again. You know, where you look determines where you go. If I'm always looking down, that's where I'm headed. If my perspective is always lower, I'm always going to have lower than God's best. But when you hit reset on your perspective, you begin to start running at the pace that God has called you to. You know, when there's a, a car race and there's a crash on the track, they put the warning flag up and everyone exits for a while and they clear the track and then they put the pace car back out there. And every single one gets back into alignment and they pick up their pace until they're going at the speed that they were before the difficulties, before the problems, before the wreck. I think sometimes when we get wrecks in our life, when our world gets wrecked, when a dream dies, when a relationship goes bad, we tend to just find ourselves losing out on the pace that God has called us to. I think there's a divine reset for you. And God wants to clear the track of all the old debris and garbage of your yesterday and by his grace and mercy, get you back up to the speed of your high calling. I believe God has called us all as a church to increase our speed in what we're believing for, what we're expecting, and what we're desiring to have his best in every area of our life. I believe God's calling us all as a church. Liz and I really believe and been praying that he's resetting us for a revival. We're not just going to come back into church. Of course, everything we're going to do, we're going to do with safety and security. But we're coming back believing that he's putting us not just back on the track that we were in February or March, but he's actually putting us in the place that he's always wanted us. He's actually, I believe, expediting dreams and desires of all of our hearts. Actually, more importantly, we want the desires of heaven for our church, for our faith, and for our families. And we believe that places that were barren, that's no problem for our God. He's going to resurrect. Places where it's been ruined in our city and broken systems, not a problem for our God. He's going to use us to rebuild. And anything that's been taken from you, it's a reset season. He's going to get you back up to speed. And I believe he's going to restore more than what was taken. That's the promise that we have through the prophet Joel. In Joel chapter 2, God says, I will repay you for the years where the locusts have eaten. In other words, where something came from the outside and devoured your harvest, God says, I will repay. I will restore. I will get you back on the pace that I had for you. But you have to begin to reset your perspective. I want to start seeing as it, as God sees it. I want to start believing again like I did at first. And any conflict that you might be in, any struggle that you might be in, God's promised you peace. Maybe your, your peace has been stolen. I believe God's going to repay you double. Maybe the pain that you're experiencing in your life or hardships in your life, I believe he's promising you protection and promotion. 
because difficulties can actually make us stronger as we learn to look to him and to trust in him. Where you've had lack or doubt or fear, I believe he's going to give you a place where your faith is going to grow more significantly than ever before. Listen, every problem that you might be facing has a God solution. So don't look around to anyone else to be your helper. God sends people into our life, relationships in our life, strengthen our circle. Yes, they make us better, but no one can make you into everything God's called you to be, but God himself set your perspective on heaven. And every problem has a God solution. Even the life of Joseph with those in his family that should have protected them, sold him out into slavery. People that he helped even get out of prison left him behind. The man he served, Potiphar, threw him in jail. And yet he said, all these things that were meant to harm me actually worked for me, actually worked in my favor for the saving of many lives. In other words, what I thought was a struggle, God actually used to bring salvation for others. Change your perspective. The struggle that you're in, get a reset in your perspective. The struggle that you're in is actually going to bring the plan of heaven for your life. I don't know how you've been seeing this year. I, for one... We're halfway, a little over halfway through the year of 2020. Like Liz said, none of us really saw all this coming. We had no idea what was in Foley in store. And so much of it has been out of our control. But your spirit's under your control. Getting in rhythm with heaven is under your control. Finding the right relationships, letting God lead you to strengthen your circle, that's in your control. And your perspective is under your control as well. Change what you can. And watch and see the mercy of God meet you in that place to change the situation around you, maybe even within you, that you can't change for yourself. I don't know how you're seeing this year, but where we can look at it as a year or a year, half of a year that's been wasted, why not change our perspective? Not even to a glass half full. Why don't we begin to believe that he is the one that will be true to his word that says that your cup can overflow. I'm believing for the overflow of God in your life. It says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there isn't a vision, the people run wild. People don't go the right way. People cast off restraint. I think your perspective determines your pace. That when you get a God vision for your life, it keeps you going the way that he intended for you to go. I believe as you change your perspective, which is a daily decision, sometimes a multiple times in a day decision, You'll reset the course of your life to be everything God desires it to be. Can I challenge you, church? God's been challenging me. Liz and I have been talking about it. We need to dream bigger. We need to dream again. We need to believe that everything that's been taken can come back. We need to get our sights set higher. Don't be looking at the calamity that's going around us. No, be believing for God to meet you in this place, to take you into that high calling he has for you. Begin to dream, even in this season. God, what could you be up to through all this? Because I guarantee you, he has a good plan. A plan not to leave you or forsake you, but to be with you through it all and to make you into the person he's always desired for you to become. I think for every one of us, we have a place of reset. There's something that God wants to change. Maybe it's a small thing, maybe it's a big thing, but every one of us, I think God is calling us to a place of reset right here and now. I love what Jesus tells us, this promise in Matthew chapter 11. He says, you can come to me. I mean, just as you are, you can come to me. If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're worn out, 
If you're beaten down, if you're frustrated, you can come to me. He says, my burden for you is light. So if what you feel like you're carrying right now isn't light, then you've been carrying a weight that doesn't belong to you. And we can all hit the reset button in our inside world right here and right now to give our cares and concerns over to the one who cares for us. And we'll find grace and mercy in our time of need that we don't have to carry those heavy burdens. We don't have to live our life worn out anymore. We can change our perspective. We can reset our inside world by the grace that's made available to us through Jesus Christ right here and now. I think there's every, every single one of us here watching, you have a place of reset in your life. God wants to do something, a renewal, a restoration. Maybe it's little, maybe it's big, but God can handle your small and God can handle the large as well. Let's give it to him. Would you join me in prayer? Let's pray for your area where God wants to bring a radical change or just find that right rhythm he has for you. Father God, I thank you that you're so good and so faithful. Your mercy is new for us right here and right now. Lord, everybody watching this, Lord, you have something that you want to do in their life. Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's a big problem. Maybe it's a mountain that they don't think they could ever move. But God, you're the one that can move mountains. Lord, I thank you for every place of brokenness, every place of pain, every heavy place of burden. You're lifting it, you're healing it, and you're restoring it. And you're resetting them from the miry clay onto the solid rock of salvation. And Lord, you're going to bring radical change into their life. Jesus, we're learning to come to you. We're learning to receive your mercy. And we're changing to today in Jesus name. There's one final reset I want to take you through. Some of you need to reset religion and need to reset it for relationship. You've been trying to do everything on your own. And yes, as maturing believers, there's some things that we have to do to align ourselves with the will of God. But the grace of God, that mercy that we talked about in the very beginning, it's free for all of us. If you're trying to earn it, you're missing out on the beauty of relationship with Jesus. You know, in 2 Corinthians, it says this, that anyone who's in Christ, which is great because it means it's for anyone and everyone, no matter what you've done, you get to become a new creation. The old is gone and he's making something new. In other words, you get a divine reset in your life. It's the gift of salvation. It's not a religion that you work for. It's a relationship that you receive. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If you've never said this prayer to give Jesus your heart, or maybe you've said it before, but you've been doing things your own way and you know you need to get right with him, there's grace for you. Let's pray together. Would you join me? I believe you should pray it out loud. It's a prayer of faith. Why don't you repeat after me? Say this, say, dear God, I love you. I receive your gift. Give me a reset. All my old sin, all my struggles, I give them to you. I believe they've been paid for on Jesus's cross so I can become a new creation. The old is gone. The new is beginning. My whole heart is all yours. In Jesus' name, amen.